What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to the Getting Saucy Pod, episode seven. I am here with the boys, as always. Lots to talk about. Lots on the plate this week. Uh, let's start off by sending it off to Nikki B, Nick Belanger. How are we doing tonight, my man? Uh, not too bad. You know what? Just finished my uh, last exam of uh, fourth year about uh, about uh, three hours ago. You know what, Nolan? How are you doing, man? We never ask you how the hell you're doing. You know what? I am a uh, personal trainer by day, TikTok star by night. I'm officially a TikTok guru. I picked it up way too late, and I uh, kind of hate it, but it's it's cool. Um, yeah, I know. Just sitting here, drink a little bit of wine. Um, golf courses are closed. What else am I going to do? And uh, yeah, that's my life right now. I'll send this one over to Sis. How are we doing, man? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, no one picked up the TikTok trend way too late. You know who was early at the game was me. It's fucking I had the TikTok trend since I was born. Yeah, fair enough. And uh, yeah, no golf course is closed. I heard, I heard a rumor they could be opening up uh, early May though, which would be ideal. Yeah, that could be huge. And uh, you know, you guys might you guys might hate me. I still don't have it. I feel like I would spend way too much time on TikTok if if I got it. And I would just waste a lot of time. So I've just decided, you know what, I'm gonna until I have more time in my hands, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna lay off of it. I don't know. Man, honestly, I can't stand watching guys who look like Sizz just bite their lip to some song all day on TikTok. And like do their dumb dances. But you know what? Like as far as a marketing platform on like a business standpoint, at Cash and Fitness for anybody listening, um, it's a really good marketing standpoint to go viral and grow your following. So that's the only reason I'm on it. And Sizz is a clown. So it's not just guys like me biting my lip. There's It's more humorous content than anything. But uh, yeah, I guess we'll leave it at that. I was always, I was always thinking. I feel like the boys would be really funny making a TikTok page, like just like of all like the drinking games we do. You know what I mean? Like I feel like you guys are always pulling up to parties and being like, "Yo, you guys have played this drink." I feel like all the cool drinking games I know are just because of you guys. So I feel like if we did a channel where like the boys just played drinking games, that's even allowed, and just like showed how tos, that'd be so funny. Yeah, there, there's a there's a group of people that already do that, and they're like they're pretty famous, so they beat us to the punch. I think. Well, damn. That would be really sick, though. Fun fact, uh, me and Sizz won biggest bromance at prom. Um, and it was like 400 kids in our grade, and we, we really liked to party together uh, in high school. So that was fun. And university, actually. Well, actually, till about present day, to be honest with you. All right, well, <laughs> enough about drinking games. We should probably hop into some hockey talk. Um, first thing I want to bring up with you boys, um, definitely needs to be talked about. One of the coolest things I've seen in my entire life watching hockey is Connor McDavid this season. He's absolutely dominant. Uh, without a doubt, the Hart Trophy winner this season. Who called that a few months ago? Oh, yeah, it was me. Um, will he hit 100 points is the question. He is 19 points short with 12 games to go. He is currently tracking at a 1.77 points per game average. Uh, two games ago, he needed 2.19 points per game to hit it. I said that's probably not going to happen. McDavid told me to shut up. And then had three points and four points in his next two games, and now he's actually on pace to do it. So, what do we think, Sis? Yeah. Um, so I was kind of skeptical as well, but uh, I think it was last night before he put up four points against Winnipeg, which really uh, got him back on track. And then uh, I saw an interview Gretzky, and he thinks McDavid will get there. So if, if anyone knows hockey, it's probably Gretzky. He'll probably get there now that he said that. But uh, an interesting stat I saw was um, so so far this season, McDavid eighty one points, like you said. Uh, 46 games played and he he actually has more points this season than Austin Matthews has ever had in his career in a single season so I thought that was uh pretty interesting 
Yeah, it's absolutely nuts. I like. I, I was thinking the math. I'm like, man, like you know, 19 points, 12 games. I don't think he can do that. Then I'm looking at the schedule because obviously in preparation for this podcast, we're going to be talking about this, and I see, you know, he's got the Flames, who are pretty down and out. You know, their Markstrom hasn't been that hot, and then the Canucks, kind of like, you know, same deal. They're kind of down. I mean, they could make a push for the playoffs, but I'm pretty sure they're kind of down and out after losing to Ottawa. And then I think they have the Habs too. So like, I think it's doable. You know what? This guy, like he just, he's just a freak. Like he, it seems like every game I watch, he puts up two points a game and he just, I, I think I've said this in another podcast. It's like, he's playing hockey and the rest of the, like the guys around him are like 70% speed, just the speed at which he skates and the speed at which he can like make plays and make decisions. It's just like, it's out of the, out of this world. Like it, it's, it's just nuts. Man, I remember uh, I was reading this article with a bunch of advanced analytics. I wish I wrote down all the, the, the stats that were in this thing. It was sick. But it was like his controlled breakouts are like he has like 9.7 a game. Second place is like 7.2. He had, it was like his, his high percentage scoring chances a game were like four and a half. And like second place was like two and a half. Or like, like his numbers were just ridiculous like like nobody was even close on like all aspects of the game yeah um, even in his own zone he had a really uh really good percentage um of like advanced analytics in his own zone and then i saw something saying is puck possession in the offensive zone is another one he was like bar none like untouched not even close the second place i think was matt barzal or might have been mckinnon but um those two guys have good advanced analytics but what i'm getting at here is like it's not just his points assists and goals like he really is running the league in all analytics. Yeah, no, for sure. This building on the analytics thing, and that, that was kind of his knock, is that his defensive analytics were always kind of not that good. Like, for all his offense, the the defensive liabilities were, like, just as high. If the, not just as high, but let's say, like, 75% as high. But this year, he's just basically shorted all up, been, you know, a decent defensive player, and then the offense obviously just, like, you know, if you're carrying the puck in the offensive zone they're not scoring on you. Right. So that's just a big thing for him. Uh, it's just nuts. Uh, moving on, I guess. I mean, oh man, I just, I love talking about it. I love watching him. Play. Wait, wait, wait. Is he hitting a hundred points? Yeah, I think so. Based on the teams he's playing. He is. Yeah. I think so too. Six. Yeah. I, I know uh, Montreal's good at shutting, shutting him down, but uh, a couple of Vancouver games, a couple of Calgary games, I think you get there. Yeah. He needs to not, that's a lot of points, man. I think he's going to do it just because I feel like he like goes in these like streaks every once in a while where he just puts up like unworldly points, like four points a game. And I feel like he's like in the middle of one of those. And that could really, like if he has another four point game, it's over. Right. Connor McDavid putting up what? 15 points in 11 games. That that's a given. He's like that good. We're like, that's a given. Yeah, no, for sure. I think one of those Vancouver games, he could definitely have like, you know, a spot like that where he puts up, you know, three, four points and that'll help him out a lot. Uh, moving over to something that's not as good, not as exciting. Um, geez, the New Jersey, eh, New Jersey Devils boys. Uh, they're losers of ten straight, essentially. Uh, you know, joining Buffalo in the basement of their division. Uh, yeah, Nolan, what do you think about that, man? What do you think about New Jersey in general, or just how they're doing? Yeah, they're in the running for first place uh, in the league for worst, um, which is cool. They they came kind of at a hot start. Jack Hughes is you know kind of a positive note. He seems to be showing some some signs of improvement and progress, which is cool. Um, but if you're the Devils, like 
you're, as a Devils fan, I, I definitely wouldn't be mad to see them tanking or, or falling down the, the rankings. I mean, they're, they're not a playoff team. Uh, to, to be fair, they did win a game um, against the Flyers after losing 10. But still, like, I don't. I, if I'm a Devils fan, I'm cool with like we saw some progress in Jack Hughes. Our goaltending's been relatively solid. Our defense is getting better, and we still suck. So we get a good pick. Like to me, like that's kind of an ideal season for them. Yeah, for sure. You know what? Uh, as much as it sucks to lose, you know, that many games in a row, I think that I mean, if I'm looking at like you know their 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 core right now. Obviously, you have Heesher locked up, their captain. You have Jack Hughes. Uh, you have, you know, Holtz is going to be there, you know, soon, hopefully. Uh, I think they, I think they got Cal Foot, the sniper from uh, Tampa, in a trade. Uh, you know, they have uh, Ty Smith on D has been like really good this year. He's still young. Uh, Blackwood and Net, like they have a good young core. But my issue with them is just up for those guys up front, Heesher and Hughes are. Like, it's all nice and dandy to say, yeah, you have a young core, but that young core has to figure it out. Like, Hughes, there's some nights I watch him, I'm like, oh, yeah, like, he's he's going to be awesome. And then some nights, I'm like, wow, like, is he a bust kind of thing. And it's same thing with Heesher, right? Everybody's saying, oh, Heesher's a breakout candidate every year, but he just, he's got to break out. Obviously, he's been hurt this year, but anyways, the guys just have to show up, I think. I think if their young core can figure it out, they're going to be a, a threat for sure. Yeah, I'm kind of with Nolan on, uh, I don't mind, if I was a Devils fan, I wouldn't mind them losing games right now. Um, definitely want the best draft pick possible. Kind of pissed that the the Sens passed them and they're ahead of Buffalo as well, so our draft pick's not looking as good. But uh, uh, yeah, and also like Nick said, just those guys need to take step forward, steps forward. Like Jack Hughes putting up, what does he have, 27 points in 49 games this year? It's not it's not anything too impressive, and he's probably locking bigger minutes for them, seeing as they don't have a great team right now. Um, but yeah, I was kind of expected a big losing streak from them. They, they sold off uh, Zajac and uh, Paul Mary at the deadline there. Um, so those couple key pieces for their team definitely expect, expected a little worse from the roster after that. Um, but uh, yeah, if I was Delph fan, I wouldn't be too mad. Just up that draft pick stock. Yeah. I just, you just got to be careful with like a team now that you've had two first round picks. Like you don't want to end up with another like early 2010s Edmonton Oilers here. You're like are you developing your players right? Are you giving them enough time right? Like it comes down to all these things. Like you could only have so many picks, and then it's like, what's going on in the back end? Like why do you still suck? So like I'm not saying they're there yet, but you know, like Jack Hughes, 27 points this season, nah, better, but like you shouldn't need another first overall pick. You shouldn't. You might get one, but you shouldn't need one to be good. Um, again, a couple other names I want to throw out there. Miles Wood, a lot of improvement. Ty Smith, a lot of improvement. But I'm just saying, like, when I when I look at this team, I see hints of the early 2010s Edmonton Oilers, and that scares me a bit. Yeah, I definitely uh, – I don't think that forward core is good enough to really get there in the future. I think they still need more pieces. Um, but I guess we'll see what uh, what they get in the drafts in the coming years. Yeah, I know uh, the number one pick there. I mean, Owen Powell would look pretty nice on their on their back end. I know they'd maybe love to get him. I mean, other guys too. I mean, it's just I mean, you got to develop, right? I mean, they picked Pavel Zaka in in twenty fifteen. I remember that twenty fifteen draft. Keep in mind, like probably the best draft ever, like rivaling two thousand three. And, you know, right after Ivan Provorov goes and they picked for a positional need as opposed to the best player available. 
and that that screws them. You know, Michael McLeod too. I mean, I think he went right after Logan Brown. I think twelfth in twenty sixteen. So again, another guy that hasn't hasn't really figured out for them. And I think, you know, I think McAvoy went soon after Chikrin a little bit after that. So I think it's one of those things. Maybe they haven't drafted as well as they could have. But he, Sheer, and Hughes. I I do hope they figure it out. I like them as guys. I like them as players. But uh, yeah, we'll see. I just don't. I I, I feel like the Devils. They, they, they rush their players in a similar like I, I don't want to keep bringing up the Oilers but they, they like to me like Jack Hughes was rushed like he was undersized he, he he showed a lot of skill but I don't think he showed a lot of grit he hasn't really played with grown men um at the point he was drafted so like to me it's like give that guy a minute um like Capo Caco to me looked way more NHL ready when when that draft happened not to say that he would be a better player but to throw like to me Hughes wasn't ready for the NHL they should have given him a year in the minors. Yeah, absolutely. I, th- I think he definitely looked like I'm like, and no disrespect to him. He's like, just, he's absolute filth. And I, I described him as Patrick Kane playing center, you know, at his best. I mean, I, which I hope he turns into, but uh, he definitely looked like a boy playing against men last year in, in the NHL. Even this year, he does, he's still a little undersized. He's a bit like, I mean, even like, you know, Tim Stutzley a little bit in Ottawa. I always bring up Ottawa. It's a, Got to count that for the pod, but uh, you know he gets bullied a little bit on the board just because he still has that teenager, that slender body. He doesn't really know how to like control his balance as much. So I, just little things like that that he's got to work on. But I, I hope you, I hope they figure it out. Yeah, man. I mean, onto a lighter note though. I want to talk about the Pittsburgh Penguins. Um, they've been tearing it up. I believe they just uh, reached top of the division, if I'm not mistaken. Well, they just dropped a second last night. Uh, Washington Capitals reclaimed it, but, uh, they've, they've been on a tear lately. Uh, in particular, one guy I really want to mention, I don't know if you've ever heard of him, but Sidney Crosby has been fantastic for them. Um, he just clinched his 16th straight point per game season, which the only other player in NHL history to do that is a guy named Wayne Gretzky. Probably heard of him too. Um, so that's incredible, incredible to see. Um, Crosby's name beside a name like that um, in today's era. You don't tend to see that very often. Um, and yeah, Pittsburgh Penguins are on a tear. Good for them. Yeah, it seemed like uh, everyone was writing them off the, a couple episodes ago uh, at U2. I had faith. I, I know Sid and the boys always get in there, playoff time. Um, but yeah, no, uh, I, everyone these days is so quick. Like, obviously, McDavid's a great player and everything. But if you look at the points, um, like when McDavid's getting certain points in his career in terms of game played, he's he's basically tied with Sid, which is it's just amazing that we 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 really take for granted what Sid did back in the day, and uh, how how it's amazing how he's been able to be so consistent all these years. Um, it's definitely impressive, and uh, they're looking pretty good going in the playoffs with that uh, Jeff Carter acquisition too. I think uh, I'm not sure if Malkin's back yet, I, uh, but he should be back for the playoffs. So uh, they could definitely make some noise. They they have a lot of experience, and I'm very interested to see what they can do in a tough division. Yeah, we would love to see Brian Burke just like just step in there, make like one you know one move, and just like Pittsburgh wins a cup, and then everybody's like, oh Brian Burke, like the <laughs> the, the man, the myth, the legend. Uh, but yeah, no, it's just crazy. And you're right. I mean, until probably last year, I was always on the Crosby over McDavid kind of thing. Just simply because of the fact that Crosby is a like a player developer. Like and I'll mention this like a million times. Like Jake Gensel playing with any other line mate, any other centerman is not going to be a first line player. Brian Rust, same deal. Like they find these random guys, put them with Crosby, 
they pout like they they put up goals and as Nolan said in another pod you get some confidence and you you start making plays on your own and just become you know a good player and that's the biggest thing with Crosby and how they've been able to sustain success with him in Pittsburgh is just because he's been able to develop these guys uh you know cut that come out of nowhere and they don't they can just trade all like you know their picks and prospects because they know their B prospects put them with Crosby and they're going to develop uh yeah it's just it's just awesome Yeah, I mean, Crosby, Crosby, saying Sidney Crosby speaks for itself. Um, his points per game are incredible. He's got three Stanley Cups. You can't take anything away from him. This is another um, incredible record that he's achieved. The Pittsburgh Penguins are sick. You're right. I was wrong. Um, they're still finding a way to get it done. They always seem to find a way to, like, go on this tear um, late late in the season and, and like just make playoffs. Not that they're just making playoffs right now, but they're in. Um, the only thing, like, I kind of disagree with his saying Crosby and McDavid points per game at this point in their career is the same. Like, okay. But like McDavid started a little bit slower. He's on pace for 141 points this season. Crosby's never come anywhere near that. Um, again, not knocking Crosby. He's got all the intangibles. He's an incredible leader. He's incredible on and off the ice. I love his personality. And I'm not taking anything away from his hockey. He's got the best hockey IQ in the league, and he's absolutely disgusting. But to me, McDavid is the best player I've ever seen play hockey. Um, and, and I think he's only on a trajectory that's going to become more so that. And so, like, to me, like, I don't I don't put Crosby and McDavid in the same category anymore. And I think for the next 10 years, it's going to be even more distinguishable between the two. Yeah, um, I definitely see where you're coming from with the, the skill aspect. But uh, just Crosby's IQ to me is unmatched. And it'll be interesting as over the years as McDavid, like, as he gets older and loses his legs a bit more, what he'll be able to do. Like, obviously, he's incredibly skilled. But when he gets to Sid's age, like, is he still going to be able to put up uh, – like similar numbers to what Sid's doing is it's definitely, it could be debated, but uh, yeah, I definitely think he could. Um, but yeah, no, just how long uh, Sid could do it. And he doesn't really have that speed that McDavid has. So it's, it's just even that much more impressive to me um, being able to stand the test of time, not having that kind of speed. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Says like, he's just his hockey sense. It's like, I, you know, I said, McDavid makes plays decisions at like at, just an advanced level. But for Crosby, I honestly just, I just think he's like five steps ahead of the game. Like it's like, he can see the future. His hockey sense is just so good. And yeah, I'm curious to see, you know what? Cause I think the big comparison will be, will McDavid win a cup? I mean, if McDavid hasn't won a cup by the time he's, you know, 30, you know, 30, whatever Crosby's 33 now, then, you know, it's going to get interesting in terms of comparing them. I mean, Crosby will most likely retired by that time, sadly, but, uh, uh, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, that comparison and uh, yeah, I'm excited for, it. you know, I hope McDavid wins cups, but uh, we'll see. You never know. Yeah. I do think um, you have to give a testament to Crosby as far as consistency um, to do what he's done for as long as he's done it. Win three cups consistent in the playoffs, consistent in the regular season. That that's a lot to me. Like we talked with Patrick Marlowe, like that's a lot off the ice. It's a lot of preparation, mental preparation, physical preparation, off-season training, um, nutrition and dieting. Like you got to give him that, right? Like to, to be 33, you, you hope McDavid can be that at 33, but you really never know. You see players start to deteriorate into their late 20s, early 30s all the time. So I'll give Crosby, um, you know, a big pat on the back there. That's pretty incredible. Yeah, if uh, if McDavid doesn't win a cup, uh, Sid Sid could win another one. Like that's a big gap there, like four cups. Yeah, if, if McDavid doesn't want a cop, you can't say he's better than Crosby. That's I would I think. 
Like, a, yeah, I know I just said it. McDavid's the most like the most skilled player I've ever seen. But like we kind of made the argument for hockey IQ and how like McDavid makes good decisions really quickly. Sidney Crosby makes the best decision really quickly. That's how kind of how I would explain it. McDavid's so good that his skill makes up for his hockey IQ being one notch lower than Crosby. Yeah, no, for sure. I they both still have an elite IQ. It's just Crosby's is just like it's just like on another level. And it's just yeah, it's just funny. Like, you know, it's always tough to debate players, you know, based on winning cups. Right? Because it's it's just like it's such like a like a kind of like I don't know what the right word is, but it's always just funny, you know. I, I think they maybe I always like how soccer does it, taking the regular season more into account, you know, but with a stats kind of thing, like just more games, the better representation of who you're going to get is the better team as opposed to a playoff series where anything can happen. And Pittsburgh, I mean, the reason they won all these cups is because you're essentially saying, okay, look, here's one line has Crosby, one line has Malkin, and their third line when they won those two cups back-to-back was uh, the HBK line. So Hagelin, Benino, Kessel, like pick your poison, you know? So it's one of those things, that, I don't know, I, I'd always wish they would put the regular season more into account because that's when guys like, you know, McDavid, I think, are are more, you know, prone to shine when they're calling the games legitimately. Playoff penalties grind my gears, call it one way or the other. Anyways, <laughs> anything else there, boys, on Crosby? All right, uh, we'll move on. Um, I'm good. I think we'll move it over to, um, what's that? No, I just said, yeah, let's just freaking let's move it over. Carter Hart, baby. Let's, uh, what's going on? Yeah, let's move it to Carter Hart. We're going to talk about Carter Hart instead. Um, Carter Hart this season has the lowest goals above, or I guess he has the highest goals below expected in the entire National Hockey League. Um, he's one piece of a, a struggling Philadelphia Flyers team, to say the least. They, uh, they kind of found a stride somewhere early in the season, but since then they've been struggling. They've fallen into sixth in that division with a team that on paper is really good and really deep. Um, they just don't seem to have what it takes to, to be in the playoffs this year. I mean, in, in a in a tough, a top-heavy, tough division, but I definitely had the Flyers making that top four. So I guess we'll send this one over to Nick. What do you think, man? Yeah, you know what? I was with you, Nolan. I, I did think the Flyers would figure it out. They have just so much depth, so much you know, young talent on that team. It's nuts. Uh, it's crazy. I mean, yeah, without good goaltending, you just can't make it happen. You know, uh, coach firings, you know, teams being crappy are just so heavily coordinated with bad goaltending. And yeah, the goal saved above expected is 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 that I really like too because it's like you can have a like you can have a lot of like a bad numbers in terms of save percentage in terms of. Uh, like uh, goals against average, but if you're getting, you know, peppered every night with, you know, one timers and beer league and, you know, that kind of stuff, then obviously you're not going to have uh, that good, uh, good numbers. But yeah, Carter Hart's just really struggled. And that's probably the reason they're not in the playoffs. Sadly, I love Carter Hart. He was awesome for Canada, the world juniors, awesome rookie year. And it just goes to show that, uh, you know, goalies, uh, geez, they're just hot, so hot and cold, you know, thank God they had Brian Elliott, but even he couldn't, uh, you know, do it for them. Yeah, I kind of agree. It's uh, we saw so much from Carter Hart last year. He kind of went into like a little sophomore slump, and then it just dragged on all season, basically. Um, but yeah, Brian Elliott's actually been good for them. Um, but yeah, just Carter Hart just can't get it done for them. And like you guys said, just they have so much depth up front and young talent, and even their decor is has got some good offensive talent. Um, I I'm very surprised they didn't figure it out, and they made a lot of noise last year uh, going like the regular season, and then going into the playoffs, they beat uh, the Habs. Um, who upset Pittsburgh, so um, not terrible, but, and then 
yeah, they just lost and then couldn't regroup and get it back this year. I don't know what's wrong with them. Yeah, I mean, I, he's so young. Like, I do think he'll figure it out. Carter Hart's a sick goalie. He's, he's, he has a large enough sample size in the NHL now to say that he'll he'll get back there, I think. Um, but, like, we've talked about it a million times. Goaltending is so um, inconsistent, such a streaky position. You, you've, you play such an important role on the ice, and when you're off, it's obvious, and when you're on, it's obvious. Um, and so this just wasn't his year. I, I think it might be the end of his ELC, too, which is unfortunate if it is. Um, but either way, I, I, he's going to get paid. He's a sick goalie. He'll find his stride again, in my opinion. Yeah, you know what? It's definitely interesting in Philly. Just another thing I was thinking about. Do you guys think they should get rid of Giroux and Voracek? Because they dished out $7 million to Van Riemsdyk. I think $7 million to Kevin Hayes. They got Couturier. They got Konechny. They got Nolan Patrick. Uh, they have Faraby. Uh, Morgan Frost, like they have like so uh, Scott Lawton, they have so many good forwards, and they're gonna have to pay these guys and pay Carter Hart. Do you think they move on from Giroux and Voracek, or can they even move on? I know they each make like probably like eight million or something. Yeah, that's definitely a tough one because, like you said, seven mil to Van Riems, like but he's their highest point getter this season, so it's he's actually producing for them and kind of making value of that contract. But just as we talked about how young their forward core is it's almost like you kind of want to move on from Giroux and Voracek and get some value and then maybe get all your players kind of the same age group and range so you have that uh, team all on the same page for a good run at the same time kind of thing so in my opinion I think they probably should move on from them but uh, we'll see what they do see I kind of disagree I think you ride you ride your boys like Giroux and Voracek have been staples for that franchise for a decade now Um, they've been on some good cup runs or they've been on one really good cup run. Um, they've shown some some playoff success. And, uh, no, I, I think you got to bank on the boys. You know we're going to get it done. Um, if your prospects start to pan out into these, like, these Giroud Voracek-level players or players that can replace that type of player, fine. You can you can look to make a move at the deadline, maybe, to teams that will pay for it. Um, no, I, I don't think you throw away your franchise over the last 10 years in hopes that these prospects pan out to be anything close. Yeah, no, it's that de- it's definitely tough. Like it's interesting. I'd have to look at their cap friendly to see who they have to pay and when and how many years are left on. Like if they can keep them, for sure do it. But if it's like between keeping Giroux or paying Carter Hart or paying uh I don't know, like, you know, Nolan Patrick or I mean Farabee, for example, like sorry, like see you later, Giroux, Voracek. Like I'm I'm building the with the young core and the guys that you know, I can probably sign for $5 million and, you know, grow into a Giroud type as opposed to paying $8 million for, frankly, I mean, sadly, I love Giroud, you know. Uh, he um, made the term pigeon commonplace, which is awesome. But, uh, yeah, he's uh, $8, 8 million, I think, for him is, is just a bit too much now, sadly. I, I kind of agree. Like, obviously, keep them if you can. But, if like, with all those young players, they're definitely going to need to get paid uh, pretty soon. So if those are the guys you have to move, I think um, try and get some value out of them while you still can and then try and move towards like, that younger core. Fair enough. All right, boys, let's uh, let's swing it over to, I guess, Norris Talks. But in reality, we want to talk about one guy who has not been getting enough credit. Um, really, really jumped into the Norris conversation in the last week or so, which is crazy because he's silently been tearing up the year for the New York Rangers. Um, and that's Adam Fox, um, a guy that, again, like I said, like doesn't seem to be talked about enough. 
I'm going to send this one over to Siz, see what you have to say about Adam Fox. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm a big Adam Fox fan. Uh, he definitely uh, makes the big plays in terms of highlights. Uh, it's very fun to watch. Uh, there's a clip of him uh, dancing around someone on Buffalo on the blue line, making a nice pass. Don't think on assist, but yeah, 47 points, 49 games, roughly a point a game uh, out of a guy that no one really had that high of expectations for coming into this year. Um, and then the big stat for me is his, uh, his plus minus. He's a plus 23. When you look at guys like Hedman, who he'd probably be competing against for the Norris, uh, Hedman's sitting at a plus six. Uh, similar points, Hedman has a little uh, little fewer points, but uh, obviously he probably, he probably provides a little more in the defensive zone uh, for the team. But a lot of his points come on the power play, where I guess Adam Fox is just absolutely getting it done five on five, and it, you have to respect it. And in terms of numbers, looking at him for Norris is, is definitely uh, valid. He could be the uh, front runner right now. Yeah, I think I think in my opinion, he is the front runner. Do I think he'll win? Probably not. It's voted by players and it tends to be, um, it's voted by players, right? Uh, I don't think so. I think it's the, Oh, it's voted by media. Yeah. Okay. It doesn't even matter. Either way, players listen to media and media listens to media and media always seems to throw Victor Hedman in the mix and they tend to leave out the young guys. Um, but either way, Adam Fox, I mean, he's got more points than Mika Zabinijad this season. He's on defense. Like, that that's actually insane to think about. And it's a guy that, like, how is this guy not being talked about like Kale McCarr was last year, like Quinn Hughes was last year? And I think the answer is because he's on a bad hockey team. Not a bad, well, I'm not going to say bad, but not good. Um, the New York Rangers not making the playoffs, um, which sucks. I would have loved to watch them in the playoffs. They're, they're kind of a pesky team. But, uh, yeah, like the, his numbers speak for himself. 47, he's basically a point a game this season with a plus 23, which you don't see that a lot in, in defensemen. You want to call him offensive? Well, he's a plus 23. So, you know, like these are these are Carlson-level numbers in his prime when he's kept kept his plus minus so, so significantly high. Like, it's it's great. Like, it's so cool to see a player like that. Um, really young, too, 23 years old. Um, not a super high pick either, 66th overall. And he's just getting it done. Good American boy. Yeah, just another one of those freaking American defensemen. The States are going to be so good come the Olympics. But, uh, yeah, no, as you said, Nolan, I definitely think Fox probably deserves it just based on how he's played. But uh, the writers just take a lot of stock into, like, how how you carry your team and you know, how your team's doing. And, obviously, Hedman being the number one guy on Tampa, who's, you know, an absolute powerhouse. And just having the name, Victor Hedman, I, I think that on, he's going to win it. You know, I do I think Fox deserves it? Probably. I mean, assuming, you know, he continues his tear. But, uh, yeah, sadly, I do still think it'll it'll be Victor Hedman. Yeah, just uh, touching on the Rangers, how they take – these guys take team stock into um, evaluation. is The Rangers would be in the playoffs in any other division. It's just that division is – it's pretty – well, it's got Buffalo and New Jersey, but other than that, it's it's a dogfight for every spot. Um, even Philly hasn't been great, but it's just playing those tough teams every night that, uh, yeah, the Rangers would be in the playoffs in any other division. So, I mean, it's hard to take anything away from Adam Fox in that regard. Yeah, no, for sure. The, the top four teams there are, are, I mean, they're, yeah, they're perennial threats to finish in that, in that top four and make the conference semifinals. I mean, yeah, they, like the Isles did it last year, so... Yeah, no, it's an awesome division. Yeah, the Rangers. I mean, they started the year slowly, and I mean, their defense take, took time to figure it out. I mean, Zabana Jad also took time to figure it out. But uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking Fox deserves it, and he's awesome, and he's just so poised and confident back there. It's awesome. 
and uh, yeah, another sadly another American kid. I would love him to be Canadian and compete for us, but uh, way it goes, I guess. Yeah, the other thing with the Rangers just missing Panarin for like 10, 10 12 games there really hurt them. Um, be interesting to see where they would be if he was there the whole time, but obviously that's not the case. So unfortunate. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. All right, we're gonna send this over to this or that. Um, today's this or that. But a couple of young guys from the same draft, both very high picks. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. One was two, one was four overall. That is correct. Yeah, Sveshnikov two, uh, Kachuk being four overall, fourth. Um, pretty similar stats, but they bring different things to the table. Let's send this one over to Nick first for Andre Svechnikov versus Brady Kachuk. Man, uh, you know I love my man Brady. I think he's just like the absolute like. Just like the absolute purest beauty, like that there can be, and I, I, I would just love to have him as a teammate. Like I think he's such like an infectious guy, and I think he just brings so many intangibles, and I he works so hard, and he just gets the guys riled up. I love it. However, it's Svechnikov for me. Uh, yeah, the, like, surprising, but I just think that sadly, you know, just Kachuk's game. You know, getting dirty, getting in front, you know, a lot of garbage goals. I mean, that that's obviously, you know, something that teams desire. But I, like, his just, his, he's elite at what he does, but what he does isn't necessarily something that I super desire. Like, I like guys that can create, uh, that can make the guys around them better, but Kachuk more rel- needs to rely on maybe a centerman to kind of get him those opportunities in front, you know, to bang in those pucks, to get nice goals in front. So, that being said, I'm going to go Svechnikov. I love Brady. I just I, I, I worry the Sens are gonna overpay him just because of the intangibles and not his, you know, tangible production on the ice, which is, you know, it's good, but is it worth the eight million times eight that Sens Twitter seems to be okay giving him? Absolutely not. <laughs> like that scares the hell out of me. What do you think, Nolan? Um, I'm gonna back my boy Brady here, the youngest looking twenty one year old on the planet. Oh yeah. Um, what is what you got here? We got 32 points in 49 games this season. A couple mid 40 point seasons uh, under his belt in a, in a uh, 71 games, both. Uh, two straight 20 goal seasons. Right now he's got 15 goals. I'd say he's easily on track for another 20 goal season. You know what you're getting from Brady. Um, I will say Svechnikov might have a little more upside, but where they're at right now in their career, I'm taking Brady all day. Uh, I love the intangibles that he brings. He's the full arsenal. He's a pain in the ass to play against. He fights Shea Weber, drops the mitts, and wins. Like, what? He's 21. That's insane. Uh, and he looks like an absolute beauty. I feel like that guy guzzles beers. He went. To, he played NCAA, uh, bought BU, so you know he guzzles beers. And, um, yeah, I'm taking that guy on my team. He's a good vibe. I think he's awesome in the locker room. I feel like he doesn't complain. Uh, what did it say? Was it nose to the grindstone? Is that what they say? Whatever. Hard-nosed kid. And uh, I, I like Brady's work ethic. I think he gets it done. I think he'll be around for a long time because of that. Yeah, this was definitely a close one. I think I'm going to have to side with Nick and Svechnikov. Uh, the one thing for me about Brady is he hasn't really shown improvement since he's come in the league. He's been kind of having the mid, mid-40-point mid point seasons over and over again, which is, um, I mean, it's it's good. It's good production. But I think they're also, like Nick said, going to overpay him when um, – He's going to be a leader on this team and probably for many years to come playing for the Sens. Um, so, yeah, I just think Svechnikov has that offensive upside, the skill. He's probably playing with a bit of a better team as well, so that uh, bumps his numbers. But, 
Yeah, no, I, I just, uh, I think you'll get more pr- production out of Svechnikov in more of a skill uh, sense down the line. Yeah, for sure. It's definitely, it's definitely super close. And all, like, I, I think that given they're so young too, and given they're already so good, you, you take, it's like, oh, like, who would you want to build your team around? You're like, man, like I'd love, I'd absolutely love to build both of them. But it's a good point about Svechnikov's, uh, you know, talent with them. Cause that line, I mean, he's playing with, Aho and Teravainen last year, so I think I could put up a couple a couple points playing with those two guys. But uh, yeah, it's close. And you know, Brady, if you're listening, we, we love you, buddy. So uh, let us know what bars you go to. I feel like I want to. Like I'd love to see Brady Kachuk at a bar sometime downtown. Like, and then when COVID's done, that'd be so awesome. You, you hear when you hear when he got the All Star nod? Remember, he was late into the All Star game, and he he got the call. He was a senior frog in Cancun when he got the call. I never heard that. So he was story. absolutely waffled at a, like one of the sickest clubs in Cancun. That's um, awesome. And then he, he had to leave the next day and fly to I think it was in St. It was in St. Louis. He had to fly to St. Louis. So that's that's a sick story too. Yeah, great story. Uh, I heard he like bought the bought the boys a bunch of bottles too and stuff. So good guy move. I mean, he's a beauty and he's rich. Yeah, you're ready. You're ready to chuck. You know, soak a few bottles. Yeah, everybody talks about, like, yeah, you know, they're only on their rookie deals. I'm like, okay, is rookie deals, like, 925K plus bonus? Yeah, it's a million like, a Come on. <laughs> like, you could retire. Well, maybe not, but you could come close to retiring on a rookie deal. You can make a mil by three years. Yeah. You invest that correctly. Not that NHL players do, but if you invested that correctly, you could pretty much retire on that. Yeah. Oh, no, I, I, I'd have to agree with you there. All right, boys, gambling picks. What are, what are we thinking? Are we getting into that? Yeah, I think so. Are you ready, Sis? Uh, no, you, you start us off this time. I'll All right, let me start us off. I'm scrolling to Saturday, May the 1st. Uh, let's see, where are we starting? Okay, we're going to take the Pens over the Capitals. That's going to be good juice, too. I bet you they're going to be an underdog in that game. Carolina's on a tear. I actually think they're going to come out of that division. As much as it hurts me as a Tampa fan, I'm going to take them over Columbus on the puck line. And then, is Vegas playing that night? Yeah, oh, Vegas versus Arizona. See ya, Arizona. Arizona is 4-17-1 against teams higher than them in the standings this year. See you later, Arizona. See you, Phil Kessel. Vegas Golden Knights, my boys. Colorado Avalanche suck. They lost two in a row to the Blues. Sizz was wrong. Okay, so I don't know about being wrong because uh, we'll see them in the playoffs, but... Uh... My first pick, I'm going to go Boston puck line over the Sabres. They're in a tough uh, playoff race there with the Rangers still. It's still pretty close. So i like them to uh, give a good effort against the Sabres. Uh, my second pick, I'm going to go the Habs over uh, the Sens because I have here Hogberg starting, and that's not good news for anyone. So we'll take the Habs there. <laughs> and then my final game, um, I'm going to go just to shove it in Nolan's face. I'm going to do Colorado over the Sharks. So those are my three picks. I will personally, tonight is uh, Wednesday, April 28th. Ironically enough, Colorado's playing Vegas, and I will personally make you a $30 bet that Vegas wins. Well, it's in Vegas, and they're the uh, Vegas odds favorites, so I will not take that bet. Yeah, I, I, don't, I mean, Colorado fan. I mean, 
Look, uh, oh, I you're the best Colorado fan ever. Devin Dubnik is in net for Buffalo, uh, sorry, for Colorado too. So yeah, he, he's not good. I said he's not good last week. Devin Dubnik's not good. He has well, that's what I'm off. saying. But yeah, then, then why would Sis go on uh, Colorado? Because right? Sis, Sis rides Colorado. He says they're the sickest team to ever play hockey. They're not yeah. Vegas. If, 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 if they when they, I mean, they'll probably match up in the playoffs there. But that'll be a, you guys better put yeah. equal money yeah. on because uh, it'll be hammering my boys. And then I'll put some juice on it. Yeah, yeah, it'll. Really Probably pick him for a playoff series. Assuming Grabauer is back and healthy, it'll be hard to pick him, like or close to. Uh, he's out with COVID, isn't he? He is. Yeah, yeah, but he'll be back. For the oh, whatever. He'll be back. Yeah. He'll be good. I think. Yeah, you know what? I have him in a pool. I think he's back, like skating with the team, and he's good to like. He's. I think he's going to play on Friday. Hopefully. Anyways, I feel like they're just going to rest him because they can. Yeah. Right. Okay. Like they'll just soak second place in that division. It doesn't make a difference. It's going to be Vegas and Colorado, anyways. If it's yeah. not, that's something. Something happened crazy, but. Yeah. You know, I actually uh, think they might want, like, I mean, if I had to pick between St. Louis that's, you know, heating up at the right time and then Minnesota, I love Minnesota and I've said that before, but I would rather play a playoff series against Minnesota over St. Louis because St. Louis, they're going to grind you out. They're going to hit hard. You're, you know, they're going to, they're going to be gritty and they're like, you're going to be tired from that series, you know? Well, I would take St. Louis any day. St. Louis looks, I think they look awful. They beat Colorado. Colorado was like one of the worst performances I've ever seen from Colorado. Um, they looked St. Louis looked terrible. They lost to the Yotes uh, not long ago, and the Yotes. I think it's just terrible hockey on both ends. Like, I, I don't think St. Louis is actually good at all. I think there's only three good teams in that division. I really do. That fourth spot to me is gone. They might get swept. Like it's done. Yeah, to me, I, I agree with Nick. Kind of like St. Louis is that team that they they're pr- pretty much the same cores when they won the cup. Uh, up front uh the defense obviously changed a bit but i mean if they got out of the right time they, they could be scary in the playoffs honestly yeah yeah it just, it just worries me because binnington when he's hot can be very very good and then and then Jaden schwartz playoff performer you know tarasenko like i mean obviously he's he's a good like he's just sick in it i think their ceiling is just a lot higher than minnesota like minnesota you know what you're gonna get but st louis if those top six guys you know are playing at the level that they played at when they won the cup then there could be a bit of a problem do i i mean vegas will still probably beat them in like let's say like i mean it'll still be like six games i just think that they would run over minnesota in like four <laughs> like I, I, I'm, not, I'm not saying regular season is everything here but like minnesota has 10 more wins in 10 in, in the same amount of games as st louis in 47 games they have 31 wins st louis is 46 games played 21 wins like if it was like close i'd be like all right yeah st louis might heat it up and be sick but like the minnesota's Dirty, and they're they're way better on paper than than St. Louis this year. Yeah, I, I just don't know about uh, just them getting ready. They're hot at the right time. O'Reilly coming in, uh, Tarasenko back from injury. Well, a little while ago, but if he's starting to get uh, into what he can be, they, they're definitely scary. Like in 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 the league right now, Minnesota's eighth, St. Louis is twenty. They're not even like they shouldn't even be in a playoff spot in a, yeah. in a normal season. For so me, like. It's just you getting hot at the right time. That could be all it takes, really. It's yeah. Hey, I mean, like you say, if you get show up to the dance, you never know what can happen. But I, I don't know, man. Like I, I don't think St. Louis is the same St. Louis anymore. Yeah, no, for sure. I, I think we're taking a lot of stock into their pedigree. It's just if I like if I if I was a coach and I was thinking, okay, would I rather play Minnesota or would I rather play St. Louis in a playoff series? I, like right now, I just I would just say, you know what, I'd probably rather play Minnesota. I just think that's a quicker path to victory. I don't think their goaltending is as good. Like. It's just the ceiling for me, right? Like if St. Louis just decides, as I said, like just yeah, get hot. Like 
the ceiling is a lot higher than Minnesota. Minnesota doesn't really have any like, you know, really like top forwards up front other than uh, Dollar Bill Kirill, which who hasn't even had any NHL playoff experience, frankly. So we'll see how it goes. Yeah, I don't know. I'd rather Jaden Schwartz coming at me than Dollar Dollar Bill Kirill, though. That guy's dirty. <laughs> I like him. Like, that guy's, like, so – he's a discount Panarin, and he's terrifying. Yeah. Oh, the, he celebrated his birthday. I forgot how old he turned. He was 24, 25 uh, the other day. 24. And yeah. everybody just grilled him on, like, oh, yeah, happy 31st birthday, Krill, you know, because of the rookie call for <laughs> race. Hey, that was pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> All right, All right boys. boys. We got anything else? Uh, we are good. Think that's it for me. Good for me. Nick, you got those picks written down? I actually didn't get them down, boys. Shit. You know, after the pod, we'll, we'll review them. We'll, I feel like I remember them. I'll get them down. Don't yeah, baby. All right. Hey, boys. Well, this has been fun. Uh, I'll see you next week with um, some more info on who's better, Vegas or Colorado. Go Vegas. Cheers, boys.